And we've kind of made a habit inside the church of wanting to show people the fear of the Lord. Right? Now, that's different than fearing God. The fear of the Lord is really, you could translate that, terrorizing people with God. That's what we've kind of a lot of times done inside the church is terrorize people with God. See, fearing the Lord, that's a different category. See, there's respect and awe and honor with fearing the Lord. But being terrorized by God, well, that's not what He wanted. Even in the Old Testament, that's not what He wanted. And so, what does it look like? What does it look like to have joy, to not fear? In fact, one of the verses this morning this is kind of really the central verse, Luke one seventy four. Since we have been rescued from our enemy's clutches, to serve him without fear. We serve God without fear, without hesitation, without reservation. What gets in our way of serving God without fear? What, what hinders us? What hampers us? What, what ends up happening so that we do not end up serving God or we do end up serving God with fear? How do we serve God without fear? And where we're at in the story of Mary and seeing if the one that is inside Mary really is the baby God, we see her at a point where, man, she could be paralyzed with fear. What she says about herself and what her body is going to say about her are going to be saying two completely different things here pretty soon. She's up against a deadline. About three or four months, her body's going to be showing that there's a baby inside that oven. And what's going to happen to her inside of a culture that shuns, that shames, that stones adulterers? And it all hinges on what one man does. Right? It all hinges on what Joseph decides to do with and to and about Mary. But in that time frame, don't you know there's a little bit of fear inside this, I don't know, 14-year-old girl that's now pregnant by the Holy Spirit as if anybody is going to believe that. What do you do? Where do you go? How do you get beyond the fear? How do you serve God without fear? See, it gets exciting when God gives you a vision or God gives you an idea and God lays something out there. But, 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 but when, we're, when, when reality sets in, how do you get beyond the fear? You need confirmation. You need confirmation that what God has put inside of you, what God's put inside your mind, that, 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 that really is God doing it. So for Mary, does she have confirmation? Let's look, look at Luke chapter 1. This verse will be up on the screen where you have a Bible event in the Bible app as well with the verses. And you can take notes in that. And 
Luke 1, verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Ju- Judah, where she encountered Zechariah's house, or entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. See, God had given Mary an idea that Elizabeth might just understand when the angel showed up and said, hey, look, your family member, your, your cousin, I had a cousin down the line, Elizabeth will understand you because she's, she has a baby inside of her that's not supposed to be there either. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her, and, it was a, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, You are the most blessed of women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, that's a statement. Elizabeth, beyond childbearing years, wasn't able to bear a child when she was inside childbearing years, saying to this young 14-year-old girl and about the zygote that is inside of her that is basically sand multiplying inside of her. She's not showing at this point in time that grouping of sand inside of you, that's my Lord. I mean, come on. That's a statement, right? Elizabeth confirmed who was inside Mary's belly at that moment in time. And if you're having a hard time believing, if you're having a hard time going, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you say Jesus is God. He was born God. Look, other people are saying this. And they shouldn't be. And then what does she say? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ, was six months um, uh, uh, in, in gestation ahead of Jesus. And he's doing underwater jump rope inside Elizabeth's belly going, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And, and, and out loud, Elizabeth's going, that's the one. I say it, my baby says it. That's the one. Inside of the most terrifying times of our life that we have to walk through, it is confirmation that God is at work that helps keep us going. And we need each other to confirm what God is doing in our lives in order to be able to have the strength to move forward. So how does Mary respond? She breaks out in song. This must be high school musical or something. because She sings, And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. I do not know what's going to happen right now. Mary visits Elizabeth immediately after being told by the angel that she's pregnant. She doesn't know what Joseph is going to do. She doesn't have the end figured out. She doesn't know how she's going to last the nine months to be able to, be, to, 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 be able to birth the Son of God. But my soul rejoices in God my Savior. Because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Because the mighty one has done great things for me, and he, his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. 
Not terrorizing fear, right? But awe and respect and wonder about who God is. He has done a mighty deed with His arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant in Israel, mindful of His mercy, just as He spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. How does Mary respond without fear and with joy? She's putting the pieces together as best she can. Generations are going to call me blessed. But they shouldn't. I am a 14-year-old girl in a backwoods town in Israel. Why on earth would somebody 2,000 years later be talking about her right now? In America. That was 1,600 years from being founded, right? Like, like Hello? She's connecting the dots backwards that this is the promise that occurred back to Abraham. She's serving God without fear and with joy. See, we, we can serve God with fear. We can serve God with fear. We can serve Him, but still be jammed up inside. You're like, I, I don't know if I want to go there because... That's too scary. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what people will say. I don't know the end of the story. And see, when we serve God with fear, we are not experiencing all the joy that God wants us to experience. We cannot serve God with fear and experience abundant joy that Jesus promised. See, when Jesus showed up, He didn't want to put the fear of God into people. In fact, the only people that He spoke the fear of God into were the religious zealots. Instead, what did He talk about? Abundant life, eternal life. Here's how you will find joy in abundance. Right? See, joy is... Our working definition of joy is inner excitement despite the circumstances. Inner excitement despite the circumstances. No matter what circumstance you can find yourself in, joy is that inner excitement that bubbles from deep within you. Mary, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Don't sugarcoat it because it's Christmas right now. Mary doesn't know the end of the story. But her spirit still rejoices in what God is leading her in. Inside of her circumstance. See, everybody else was just a few months away from calling her adulterer. That was her circumstance. But she didn't let her circumstance define her. She didn't let her circumstance define her and, and, and lead her to fear so that then she doesn't live out the fullness of what God wants her to live out and the full joy that God wants her to experience. 
instead of being defined by the circumstances around her, she allowed God to define her. When the, when the angel showed up, what did he do? Hey, favored one. You are blessed by God. You are the happy one of God. And then this one final, this one final definition. You are the mother of the Son of God. She decided to walk in those definitions and not the definitions of her culture that that her culture would put on her. So what are some definitions that we can be defined by? Start with me. I have a definition in my circumstance that um, I have a hard time overcoming. I'm not interesting enough. There are people that are funnier than me, better storytellers than me, that can pick apart God's Word and find the nuances better than me. There's all these things that I can look out and say, I'm not interesting enough. Why on earth would anybody want to listen to me or read me or, or, or care what I have to say about God's Word? And when I walk in the, that definition of myself, I serve God with fear. I might serve Him, but I'm serving Him with fear. And I do not experience the full joy that He wants me to experience. See, instead, what what has God defined me as? When He said in the Old Testament, my word doesn't come back void. There is a purpose. There is a purpose for my word to be taught. Also, this is, this is a, a, a mug that Nicole bought me uh, way back. I don't know, it might have been the first Christmas that we were together, uh, maybe even before we were actually married. I don't, I don't remember. No, it was after we were married. So, you know, 16 years. That I use every Sunday. I get up, I wake up, get ready, I go make a cup of coffee, and I go study the sermon one more time. And it's got this verse on it. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And it's a reminder every Sunday what God is doing with me. To decide to walk in His definition and not my definition. Another one that I struggle with, you're a weakling. I've joked, you know, being the one picked on in middle school and stuff. I mean, that wasn't really a joke, but um, we watched the second season of Stranger Things, and there's a scene there that's that's kind of a prom thing, you know, middle school dance thing, which is the most awkward scenario ever uh, invented, right? And so uh, Dustin, you know, the, the, the one, one of the kids um, um, went up to this girl, and, and she, she, like, you know, fled from him, right? I was like, ha, huh, kids, I had that happen to me in middle school. Like, literally, that wasn't a movie or a TV show. Like, I, w- I got up the courage to go ask this girl to dance at, you know, the junior high dance, and she was like, boom, out the door. Like, yeah. And so, like, not that instance, but the fact that I was not one of the cool kids 
still haunts me now. It's still a way that I define myself now. Saying, why would anybody want to follow me as a leader? Why would anybody think that I was good enough or cool enough or whatever enough to be a leader? And when I allow that definition and I've been hampered and hamstring by that definition, I do not experience the full joy that God wants me to have in leading people. Instead of letting Him define me, where in 1 Corinthians He talks about, hey look, I use the weak to shame the strong and I use the foolish to shame the wise. It's a struggle. And look, I do not know if these two circumstances that I talk about will ever go away in my life. So will I choose to serve God with fear or without fear? Will I choose to be able to walk in His joy that He wants to have for me? Or will I allow the definitions that I have for myself to hamper me? What definitions do you have for yourself? Maybe, well, let's go, let's go here. Sometimes people say, you know, how can you be depressed and a Christian? Huh? Maybe heard that? Depression is a circumstance, not a definition. But we allow it to define ourselves, right? Look, I'm not saying that, oh, just follow Jesus and depression will just go away. That's lunacy. It may never go away. But do we use that as a definition for ourselves to end up, we end up serving God with fear? Instead of looking at His Word and going, you know what? He gives joy to all and in all. You ever had your circumstances melt away during times of worship? You forgot all about them. Anybody a Hot Wheels track people? Hot Wheels track? Remember Hot Wheels track, right? right? Hot Wheels track, oh, the whole, whole deal, you know. And you get cars that do not have electronics in them to go throughout the whole track. You have one little thing, right? It spins, you know, you have to put the D battery in, you know, the biggest honkingest battery you can find and like put in there, shove in there, and you've got these wheels, you know, spin in, and, and then what do you do? You put the car in and this here, this is not church, okay? This is not church. You do not come to church. The building, it's not holy. You don't come to a holy building, okay? This was a furniture store before we occupied it. There's nothing holy about that. And that was a real estate office before we occupied that and a furniture store. You know, this was all, there's nothing, nothing holy about this, right? Especially if you come in here really early, you smell whatever crap smell that we have in our building right now. And you're like, this is not holy. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely, 100%. But this 
the service, what we do here, it's the spinners in the hot wheel track. Pow! Send this into our week. We're not here to scare or to put the fear of the Lord in you in some sort of terrifying way. We want you to experience the joy of the Lord so you can go face your week again. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in. Maybe you're somebody that feels like, you know what, I, my circumstance is I cannot be loved. I'm somebody that, you know, people just leave. I'm somebody that, 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 you know, people just use and abuse and then discard me. Okay, that's your circumstance. And that may never go away. But here's what God has said about you. Here's how God has defined you. You are the beloved bride of Christ. I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. I have bought you twice and call you my wife. That's how God defines His people. Allow God to define you. Not ourselves, not our culture, not what whispers in our head. Maybe you say, look, I'm a sinner. Not in the, not in the everybody is a sinner sort of way, but in the I cannot get over it sort of way. I'm just a sinner. I cannot get over it. That's just who I am. Here's how God defines you. You are holy. You are blameless. You, I declare you righteous. When I see you, I see my perfect son. That's how I define you. Walk in that. Maybe you say, I'm just a church member. You know, I'm just, I'm just designed to sit here and listen and, 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 and let everybody else do what they do. Here's how God defines you. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit to build up my church and save the lost. I am building you as a person into my house so that I dwell inside of you. This, not holy. You, and collectively us, holy. That God dwells in. He has specifically said throughout His Scripture, my Holy Spirit dwells inside you, my Son dwells inside you, and me as the Father dwells inside of you. You are not a church member. You are the living temple of the Holy God. That's how God defines you. Put here for a purpose. A kingdom purpose. Whatever circumstance we have in our life that we want to define ourselves by, God has given us a definition. 
for us to live in, to serve Him without fear, and to serve Him with joy. Mary walked in hers. No matter how much fear crept and, 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 and stood at the door, she walked in the definition that God has given her. How about you? How about me? Look, instead of giving people the fear of the Lord, what if we gave people the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord in every circumstance. The joy in the Lord of the Lord no matter what is happening. What if we as parents decided to define our kids how God defines them and not how our culture or anybody else defines them? We as a church allow kids to experience joy in church. Instead of you can't hit a beach ball around. What if people that walk in here scared of what a church might think of them? What if instead they find joy and love, peace, hope? so that they can have faith in the baby God that came so that God can define us and not anybody else. What if? What if? That's why we're here. That's why God has us here as a church to find out however many people living in fear and despair as possible, to let them feel and experience the joy of God. Will we serve God with fear? Or will we serve Him with joy? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this day. I pray, Lord, that whatever we find ourselves in, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, that we, we allow your joy to define us. Not ignoring the circumstance, not shoving it into a corner, but meeting it head on and allowing you to define us and not, not our, ourselves, culture, Satan. Help us. Move us. Allow us to be carriers of your joy to those that are living in fear. Do something amazing heal people this morning. It's your name we pray. Amen.